0: Hey everyone, before we get into this episode of That's What G Said, I wanted to mention a couple of sponsors of the podcast. First off, com, full-service realtor. If you need anything in the world of real estate, check out com and send her an email. If you like to play fantasy sports, maybe you're you, you know you're uh, someone that's into DFS, take a look at these next two. First up, Thrive Fantasy, it's a sports app And if you use the promo code G-I-N-O And you download and you Deposit $10, bucks, you will get a $10 bonus So give it a check out uh, Use that promo code G-I-N-O And then Stable Duel, our friends at Stable Duel are back There's going to be a free contest On Breeders' Cup weekend So if you like horse racing, you want to check out A free contest to get into With $20,000 in prizes over Friday, Saturday Check out Stable Duel Go download that app right now On this episode, we're going to talk about The baseball playoffs We're down to Three teams really, the Nationals are in the World Series And the Yankees are trying to make a comeback In the down 3-1 We're going to talk about Football plays for the weekend College and pro football We'll recap some of NFL Week 6 NFL Week 7 And then some horse racing plays for the weekend So enjoy this episode of That's What G Said Thank you Joey Appreciate that and you Need a little perk up after the last uh, Week and a half 10 days or so As far as The sports rooting And the gambling are concerned For me folks This was probably Going on like the worst 10 day Period Ever and now remember I'm talking about sports I'm talking about betting I'm not talking about serious life stuff yeah I mean I'm losing some <laughs> losing some money that that's not that's not a joke we're not talking about health issues or anything like that. I'm talking about as far as my wagering it's like for as far as like a work and a uh, a, a rooting interest just a brutal brutal couple weeks I, I appreciate all you listening in And I hope that it's been a better well, for you let's go through the misery for me where, where did it start I guess it was Two Thursdays ago with the with the Rams When they lost on a field goal uh, When they missed a field goal It wasn't like they, they lost to a game winning field goal They missed a 44 yard field goal to win the game So that's there Obviously the Dodgers The Dodgers were the team that I was dude, so invested in every year But this year in particular It looked like they had a huge shot to get back to the World Series They're up two games to one in their best of five series They're up three to one in the eighth inning at home in Game Five to move on to the next round, and they don't get the job done. USC loses a game to Notre Dame, where USC should have been up much bigger earlier in that game. Five times in a row, got to the fifty and got three points out of that, end up losing by a field goal. So that's that's tough, right? The teams you root for all kind of simultaneously. Having tough time at the same time, right? Couple losses now for USC to deal with this year. The Dodgers disappointment. The Rams obviously disappointment. Now they're three and three. But then the wagering prior to last week in the NFL, we were twenty and twelve against the spread. Just an excellent start. Last week, zero and six in the NFL. 1-2 and in college I gave out 5 horses on the show We bet them all, the 5 horses Because they were all the nice prices So we we played 5 horses to win None of them won I don't think Any hit the board I don't think there were any in the top (laughs) 3 So All the teams Lost And then from a wagering standpoint 0-6 one and two in own oh six NFL. One and two college. All five horses we played lost. It was just brutal. From and from like a volume standpoint, right? I've been alive in pick sixes and big pick fives and big wagers for uh, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. I think seven hundred and fifty thousand was the highest I've ever been like alive for one time in a pool where nobody else was alive on tickets, and unfortunately wasn't able to cash. So those were from like a life-changing Those That was like a worse day That's something that you'll, you know This was more of like a volume For it to happen repeatedly Over and over and over And we are going through some of the, the games in, in a bit When we recap the NFL There were a couple of them that were bad beats The Browns one in particular But for the most part, uh, we just got our ass kicked That's how it happens some weeks, right? You just get beat the hell up So I mean, I, When it's that bad There's nothing you can do but just laugh Although it what's it was nice I'm already feeling better about the week Um Make sure to follow along on Twitter. It's me, Gino B, and, and on social media. Because sometimes if we haven't recorded a pod, or if there are things that happen in between recordings, we'll post on Twitter. And very lucky, last night wasn't going to be able to get this show recorded before the Thursday night football game. So uh, we we're able to post with the, the Thursday night play there with the KC minus the three, and then Mahomes goes down, and uh, right off the bat, we're going, "Oh no!" You get a great start. Mahomes goes down, but. We're able to capitalize on that one So the week is already Turning around We got a win this week Which is more than we got In all six of our plays last week <sighs> It's in the past Now we're moving on Those Washington Nationals Wow Beat the Dodgers And and they just turned the National League Championship Series Into a four game series And they just swept the St. Louis Cardinals And they did it with the template, they're pitching. They only started eight pitchers in the series. They got seven innings from Strasburg in his start, seven innings from Scherzer in his start, five, uh, seven and uh, two thirds from Sanchez, and they got a- another five from Corbin. This is exactly what the Nationals needed to do in order to win series and in order to have an opportunity to win the World Series. And hey, they have a huge opportunity, right? What's the weakness that we've said with with some of the teams this year? Their bullpens, a team like the National, maybe their depth. If they don't have to get deep into that bullpen, they can beat anybody. Yes, anybody, the Yankees or the Astros. You're telling me that this Washington team with their three pitchers doesn't match up very, very well with the Astros? You wouldn't love to see a Scherzer versus Verlander, a Cole versus Strasburg, and then a Granke versus Corbin? Washington can win those games, absolutely And you don't Need a ton, right? When your Pitching is giving you th- They need their pitchers to give them Those performance. From the rest of Their team, if you're getting Top level pitching performances From those three studs, starters And then let's, let's even include Anibal Sanchez In the mix, right? If he's pitching this well, he deserves To be included. All they Need is, you know, Rendon Who's been consistent And then maybe one or two players in the World Series, to step up, you know what Soto struggled in in the NLCS, but it was Howie Kendrick who stepped up, and he had five hits in the series, and he had four doubles and four RBIs. Jan Gomes had a couple knocks. Robles had a couple hits. Trey Turner was pretty good. Ryan Zimmerman was pretty good. That's enough. When you have this pitching, they they have enough. There was this weird, like, m- like. Misconception that when the Nationals beat the Dodgers It was like one of the biggest upsets of all time Yeah the Dodgers were favored The Dodgers have a deeper team and they have a better team on paper That doesn't mean that the Nationals beating them was such a crazy upset Because the Nationals are a good team with top level pitching And they have enough with Rendon, with Soto, with Turner It's a well built team not like I'm jumping on a bandwagon here. This was a team when we did predictions all throughout the year. I thought they'd win their division, so when they didn't and they were, you know, struggling so early on in the year I was scratching my head, cause a team like this when you have three and now we'll say even Sanchez, like when you have such a good pitching staff, very rarely do you do you have losing streaks, right? I don't think you'll beat this team three times in a row, so you'll probably have to go kind of back and forth with them because you're going to get good outings from their pitchers at least every other day. In Washington Houston series would be fun, and and the Yankees are uh, they're in a little bit of trouble now. The Yankees are now down three games to one. I'm recording this on Friday n- noonish, a little before noon, and they're playing a little later on today. And uh, it's going to be Verlander versus Paxton, but the Yankees are in some trouble now because they're going to have to fit deal with Verlander and Cole and they they've had opportunities, and it doesn't seem like this has been Boone's from what I've seen and from the some of the Yankee fans it doesn't seem like this has been Boone's best managed series, and we have not been seeing the the type of power output in the uh in the playoffs that we saw to get that rumor up about um did they dejuice the ball and now is is it the same ball that was used throughout the the regular season? So we'll see what happens in this Astros-Yankees game We'll recap it for you on the next episode And we'll give you a World Series Preview in, in baseball But as far as the Yanks are concerned It's, it's kind of the you know, the same thing their, their bullpen's been very strong But they haven't quite had enough to match The quality starting pitching And there's just been it's, it's what happens in baseball There's been pivotal moments that it seems like The moves that Boone has made have not worked That's what it comes down to, right? You make a, a crucial move, a pitching change, bites two So, a few days ago, I had asked some of you on social media to post your favorite scary movies of all time, and just to add a little incentive, I was offering twenty bucks just to a, one random person who used the hashtag. That's what G said. And left one of their favorite scary movies of all time Because I'm going to use some of these while I formulate the list And the list will be ready to be voted on And the next episode of That's What G Said podcast And between now and Halloween we'll be voting on the best scary movie And we'll have a couple guests on to talk about some of their favorite scary movies So, some of that were mentioned You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, When a Stranger Calls Uh... The Orphan, let's see Poltergeist, The Shining Rosemary's Baby All good ones Uh, Chucky uh, Child's Play Yeah, Halloween Um, The Bird Psycho, that was another good one Good mention, so big thanks To everyone out there who Got involved, and the winner The contest winner And I'm only going to be announcing this on, on Here, so uh hope I'll, I'll make sure to, to let everybody know that they have to be tuning in to hear the winner. Michael W on Twitter at fun162 helter skelter was the one that he had selected. So, I'm not it was just a random uh randomizer that picked and Helter Skelter was the one that he said scared the hell out of him. So, Michael W. at fun162, make sure to send me a message and uh, we will talk about where, how to get you your prize. So, Michael W. at fun162 is the winner, and we'll be back um, with the full bracket. Just figuring out if we're going to do 32 or 64 Kind of going through the last few doing Finishing up my research And then we'll have the bracket out And we'll start the voting on the, uh, the next episode And early next week For the best scary movie So if you have any other last minute ones That you want to share Make sure to send me a, a tweet Post on Facebook, Instagram With your favorite scary movies Right now Stop what you're doing Head on over to CindyCarava.com and give the give a look to the full service realtor Cindy Carava who can take care of anything that you need in the field of real estate, buying. Leasing, um, if you're interested in improving your home And you're looking for vendors uh, Maybe you need help with a pre-approval for a loan She can connect you with lenders um, Someone who is the nicest and most genuine person you will ever meet You can absolutely trust her in anything She works out here in the San Gabriel Valley And also out of North San Diego County So right around the racetracks, Santa Anita And then down at, uh, near Del Mar even Maybe you're just interested in Finding out how much your home is worth You want to find out the value She can help you out Anything you need, tell Cindy uh, I said hello And give her a little support Because she's been a, a big supporter of That's What G Said podcast College football 1-2 and two last week So god, college football numbers are ugly right now 9-11 and 11 against the spread Two bad weeks really are the ones that killed us It was last week and then uh, going, I think, two weeks back And we've just been on the wrong side uh, On college football Changes this weekend Just two plays for you In the college football slate There are A couple big games this week Oregon, Washington, Arizona State, Utah So a couple big games in the Pac-12 Although that Arizona State-Utah game We say it's a big game, but Utah is heavily favored in that game By uh, almost two touchdowns I think it's around 13.5 uh, right now and then Michigan-Penn State. And what do you do in this game, right? We all know about how bad Harbaugh has been in big games. How bad Harbaugh has been on the road. And now has to travel to go play a, a Penn State team. Who's looked very good so far this year. Um, that was one that, that hurt us with Iowa. Penn State. I felt like Iowa was on the right side uh, right side of that game. Nonetheless, this is one I stay away from. I, these These big games with Michigan right now, I just... I can't get the the good the right feel for Michigan, but that'll be one of the prime games of the weekend. Uh, USC, as far as my fandom is concerned, they play Arizona this week, and you know I thought USC played pretty well in uh, against Notre Dame last week. Five drives, all past midfield, all to the Notre Dame side. You get three points out of that, and then you're in trouble. USC's able to come back late And there were a couple bad calls that did hurt the Trojans Late in that game But more than what hurt them uh, More than the referees hurting them It was just early on in the game Not being able to convert Drive after drive after drive after drive Some of the games I was looking at Oregon, Washington Going to be one of my plays this week So Oregon's going to Washington Washington's plus 3 in this game Oregon is 3-7 and against the spread In their last 10 road games This is a very good Oregon team And kind of a different Oregon team Than we're used to seeing most years right? You think Oregon, you think really high scoring Team that's going to beat you Like win games, score 60 points But give up 30 This is a different Oregon team They have a really, really good defense Although when you dig into it a little more They haven't played many great offenses They've played a couple of good teams But teams that are not strong offensively So I think they're Strong defense might be a little bit over overrated, a little bit overhyped, and they're going to have to play a Washington team who actually has a legitimate quarterback. Uh, Jacob Eason is a first round QB prospect. He's currently the number four ranked quarterback prospect behind Tua, Justin Herbert, Herbert, and uh, Jake Fromm. And he actually started at Georgia ahead of Fromm. He was a starter back with Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Then he got hurt and he transferred This guy's legit, Eason And I think He'll be able to score And kind of go back and forth with Oregon In this game, and I think you're going to see Two really good quarterbacks going back and forth This is going to be a fun game, a tight game I think Washington Is a better coach team They're at home, and that's why I'm going to lean Washington, plus the three In here, and I wouldn't talk you off playing Washington on the money line In this spot, either I think they're going to win this game straight up. Um, You look at Oregon; they've also lost their leading receiver, tight end Jacob Breland, is out for the year. He had 405 yards and six touchdowns in six games. This is the biggest game of the year for Washington, and Oregon is going to have to go up to Washington and play in a really, really tough environment where they proved before they're just not a great as great of a team on the road. I like Washington in here at home plus the 3. That's one of my plays, one of my just two plays in college this week. The other play Virginia minus the 3 against the Duke against Duke, the Dukies, the Duke Blue Devils. This line moved down from 5. Virginia lost back-to-back games. First they lost at Notre Dame 35-20. They actually had more total yards than Notre Dame and 7 minutes more on the time of possession than Notre Dame. Virginia was up 17 to 14 at half. They had four turnovers in the second half and a turnover on downs where they uh couldn't get a 4th and 1 at the Notre Dame 32. They basically gave away 14 points on a on two turnovers that were uh com- a score and then set up another score. That game isn't as bad as it looks. I know, we we bet Virginia that week Remember? There's no way Virginia shouldn't have covered against Notre Dame And then last week against Miami They go at Miami Virginia has six times inside the uh, in um, Inside Miami 30 And they get just three field goals And only nine points out of that One blocked field goal and a fumble They had more first downs More total yards and better third down efficiency And almost nine minutes more In time of possession and they lost that game So two losses That look bad Tough losses Now you come home This is their first home game since September the 21st Virginia minus the 3 Against Duke Two plays this week Washington plus 3 At home against Oregon Virginia minus the 3 against Duke Those are the two plays This week So NFL week 6 was a week Of penalties Right. It just was every game when I'm doing my rewatches, which I always do kind of like Monday, Tuesday, I'll go back and rewatch all the games from Sunday and Monday. And Giants, like just going through each of the games, Giants, Patriots, big penalty in that game where they absolutely mugged Tate you know you go down to the browns the browns got royally screwed there were like 5 calls in the browns game last week that were not penalties that they got called against them and i understand when you're a team that's been undisciplined and you've been and you've been sloppy to start the year you're going to Get the reputation that you're that type of a team But the Browns Really got hosed And it's di- it's one thing for there to be one bad call But when there's five, six, seven bad calls It's a little different Go back and watch that Texans-Chiefs game There might have been the worst call I've ever seen In my entire life watching a game Travis Kelsey Was getting mugged And Patrick Mahomes could see it And so he knew there was going to be a penalty So he just threw the ball up in the end zone Basically like a free play And Houston intercepted it Well The referees Called pass interference Even though Kelsey was not the intended receiver That should have been defensive holding Instead they just picked the flag up And they let the interception stand And that completely changed that Texans chief game I mean it was literally Giving away an interception It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life I can't believe anybody with common sense And the thing that makes it even worse In a lot of these games They're having the time to stop, watch, review the plays over, and they double down on their mistakes. It is getting pathetic. It really is because it's costing lots of people money. And when I say lots of people, I'm not just talking about me, the gambler, or all of us, the fantasy football players. I'm talking about players, coaches, all of them, lots and lots of money. Organizations, franchises, the difference between winning and losing a playoff game and making it another round, the difference between getting into the playoffs or not, the difference between players getting their bonuses for some of their stats, the difference between players making teams and not getting cut, the difference between coaches getting fired and not. All of this penalties impact all of that. Penalties that are not penalties. And last week was the worst. And again, I think it affected me as a gambler in maybe two of the games of the six that I lost. I'm not going to pretend like I was going to have some winning week if things were different. But there were definitely two or three games that I was involved in where a different call completely changes that game. And I'm sure all of you as a fan and as a better and seeing, you know, in the fantasy football players and just in general, it's getting a little bit frustrating now. And I I feel like because we have such great technology, and we're all watching with on great television, with um, the ability to freeze and start and stop. We can see everything way better than we ever could before. But so can they. They have the the high definition, you know, technology also. And there's just no room for there's no room for these mistakes anymore. When you go to review, right? If it, there's no review and you're just going on human element, and there's going to be some mistakes, that's fine. But it seems like. When they change the rules, and now that they can review uh, pass interference, the referees basically sp- have stuck their foot down now and said, "You know, screw you guys. We're not going to make a change, and we're not going to we're not going to uh, basically call ourselves out on on missing something and being wrong." They're being really stubborn, and it's, and it's just getting it's getting out of hand. And as I say that, we're going to talk about all these games we're going to bet this week, <laughs> but. Um, Kind of quickly like recapping what happened in week 6 So The Bucks-Panthers game If you didn't watch that London game And you didn't wake up early like I did And see the 7 turnovers from Tampa The 6 turnovers from Jameis Winston, 5 interceptions This was like the worst game He's ever played This, This was unbelievable How miserable it was And again, an instance where was some of it because of Carolina and their good defense? Absolutely. Was a lot of it because Jameis just was horrible and making throws that he shouldn't have made when he could just when he could just throw the ball away, trying to do too much? Yes. That's when I have a tough time gauging, right? How good is Carolina? Because I watched this game and any team playing Tampa would have won this game easily. When some team turns the ball over seven times, like Tampa had more total yards. Tampa was better on third down They had more yards per play But they had 7 turnovers And 9 penalties That's never going to help Seahawks-Browns game I mean, this one's going to just sit with me for a while Wilson is the obvious MVP I'm not going to pretend like Seattle isn't a good team They just haven't shown that they're a great team Really frustrating They keep getting gifts Seattle is down 20-6 to in this game and they had a first and 24 on their own 13 There was a roughing the passer Ends up turning into a 35-yard penalty And it basically gives them a field goal With 10-49 left in the half So now it's 20-9 to The Browns punt, and then the punt is blocked Seattle gets the ball, and they kick another field goal Now it's 20-12 So they were just given a couple, a couple gifts on a penalty And on a, a blocked field goal There was a horrible call on a clip from Landry that was not a clip. There was a terrible call on a defensive hold against the Browns that was, the defender did not touch the Seattle receiver whatsoever. Another roughing the passer call that was not a roughing the passer call. There were legitimately five calls against the Browns that were not penalties. They had nine penalties for 83 yards, and they should have had four, maybe five. I mean, the Browns took the lead 28-25 in this game before Seattle was able to come back and and score a touchdown, take a 32-28 lead with 3.30 left. And Baker Mayfield, he got a little banged up in this game. He threw a couple interceptions. That really weren't his fault, to be honest. He, he, they weren't. Especially the last one. It was a little behind him, but it was right in Hilliard's hands, and it went out of his hands into the arms of the Seattle defender. Another one of the... The other uh, interception... Odell and the defensive back weren't in A different defensive back Not the one that was um, That was even defending him Ran into each other Just some dumb luck for the Browns And that's what happens sometimes. There, sometimes With teams when you're good, you're rolling You get a little lucky I feel like there are 3 or 4 teams right now That have just been the real Beneficiary of repeated Game luck And that'll probably even out throughout the year Yeah, that Texans-Chiefs game Where the Chiefs were rolling early on And and that one play changed the whole game It was 17-9, they're driving They had the opportunity to get up again early And it, that defensive should have been a, pa- a pass interference Then it should have been defensive holding Instead, they just give the interception to the Texans It would have been Kansas City ball first down at the Houston 20 Instead it was Houston ball at their own 20 they come right down and score a touchdown in 17-16 instead of being either 20 or 24-9. And then Houston was able to run the ball after that. See, that's the thing if you don't if you get up on the Chiefs you can run the ball, but if you're behind you can't run the ball. It's going to be a different Chiefs team though over these next few weeks because now Mahomes will be out for at least 3 weeks after the injury that he suffered on Thursday night football. And, and that, That's a bummer Because Mahomes is such a stud And he suffered a dislocated kneecap uh, Not significant additional damage He'll seek options to be sure The plan is for him to return this season after a brief absence So they're, they're thinking It's actually been as best case scenario as possible for the injury for Mahomes and and now the Chiefs are 5 and 2. That was a big win for them. You know, they got up 20 to 6 against the Broncos and it felt like uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, you kind of kept if you backed the Chiefs like I did, I was like uh-oh. I kept feeling like the Broncos are going to come back. The Broncos are going to come back. The Broncos are gonna... not when you sacked them 9 times and Flacco was just miserable. I mean, he was miserable. He was 21 for 34, but he just was slow. He couldn't get the ball away. He was uh indecisive just awful awful we saw a battle of the baths in the redskins dolphins which was was fun i'm glad that uh I, i'm glad that the dolphins went for two at the end of the game they tie they they score a touchdown they're down by 1 they have the opportunity to tie the game up by kicking uh, the extra point and instead they go for two i think what do you want to do you're going to go to one and five one and six no if maybe you win the game you, you pump your team up you don't want to go to overtime I like what they're doing here, and you know what, they didn't. They didn't make it, and it's not really uh, an issue because they want to tank, anyways. Vikings, you know, they they for the most part they beat up the Eagles um, last week. They really focused a lot on Stephon Diggs, and now we've seen back to back weeks from Kirk Cousins where the Vikings have picked on bad secondaries the eagles defense isn't bad overall but their secondary is not very good and at one point this game was 24 to 3 and when you when you play the vikings a team who has such a good defense and they're able to get up like that early on with their defense and then they can kind of tee off on you defensively they can sit back you become one dimensional because you can't really run the ball anymore so we saw my um, Sanders with a couple of receptions For 86 yards and a touchdown Jeffrey with 76 yards for the Eagles But it was 24-17 with 12-11 left in the third quarter uh, You had a Diggs drop The Eagles got the ball back And there was an Alshon Jeffrey catch He steps out of bounds It cost them a touchdown And it cost them tying the game And they kick a 40-yard field goal instead So it's 24-20 And that really was Philly's chance Because Minnesota comes right back with a 9-play 75-yard touchdown drive And they go up 31-20 And then they were able to put the game away uh, 38-20 Big game for the Vikings coming up this week Actually big games for both of these teams coming up this week We'll get to those games uh, in in just a minute In the Saints Jags game We just saw that Saints D-dominate Again and Minshew Struggled this And this Saints team is a lot better than I thought And you know what, that score wasn't even quite 13-6, the Saints had the opportunity to score again late And they just ran the ball and they ran the clock out And It's a good football team, they're one of the best football teams in the league And they're going to be getting Breeze back soon Unbelievable job Bridgewater has done Just a lackluster road win for Baltimore In the uh, the Ravens-Bengals game, but hey, you know what the the Ravens will continue to take lackluster wins As long as they're winning in that division right now That they have taken a stranglehold on After the Browns loss Cardinals, Atlanta Matt Bryant misses a, an extra point To tie the game like, Anything that can go wrong for Atlanta Will go wrong, right? God, how bad has it been for the Falcons? Unbelievable and now the Falcons have to deal with the Rams this week I can imagine that there are going to be Some changes being made um, Soon In Atlanta and I, Do you think they fire Quinn Mid? I mean he's on, he's on all the lists of like Next head coach to get fired You'd imagine I mean that's brutal You tie the game with a minute 53 left You think you tie the game And you miss the And you miss the extra point Just rough rough. 49ers you know they beat up the Rams on the scoreboard and they beat the hell out of the Rams in the second half and I watched this game and the 49ers defense is excellent um but the again and I'm it's hard because when I when I have these discussions like every time I watch these good teams these teams that have done well so far this year like I watch the Patriots I watch the 49ers I watch Seattle and I think a lot of it has to do with those teams But a lot of it has to do with who they've played also, right? And I don't know if it'll even out or not And maybe these teams will all win 13 and 14 games And they're some of the best teams in the league But when I watch this 49ers game, right? Great start for the Rams They force a 3 and out Sack on 3rd, they get the ball on their own 44 to start they just run the ball right down the 49ers throat 9 yards, 10 yards, 7 yards, 9 yards Inside handoff to Woods Brown for 5, Woods for an 8 yard touchdown They're up 7-0 right away Nine seventeen left in the first And then the 49ers come right back with a long Touchdown drive They get a big 3rd and 8 for. Uh, they pick up a big 3rd and 8 on their own 38 It was a Rams offsides It actually made it a 3rd and 3 So again, they get a little lucky there, right? Offsides, instead of a 3rd and 8, it's a 3rd and 3 Negates a sack um, But the guy offsides made the sack So it was actually a good call And then Jimmy G With the pocket closing With lots of pleasure, pressure around He stands in, he made a great throw to Kittle Because that was a huge play It was a first down, it gets him into Rams territory They're able to score a touchdown And they tie the game 7-7 And then you have a really bad possession for the Rams With a negative run, a 6 yard pass in the sack The 49ers moved the ball well There was a deep Flea Flicker that they they dropped Actually they had an opportunity to get maybe some more points There on the board And then they hit Kittle For a big pass, first and goal at the 7 Third and goal at the 1 And then Jimmy G was just off on a timing route So he throws an interception So some squandered points there for the 49ers The Rams start to move the ball They pick up a couple first downs And then Goff badly misses Woods And then a holding penalty, that hurts the Rams So they shoot themselves in the foot again was the miss to Woods And the holding penalty Maybe the holding penalty because the, the 49ers Defensive line is so good But the, the the miss to Woods was just a miss on golf. 49ers go 3 and out They punt from their own end zone Then the Rams They get the ball from their own in, From the in, From The 46, they're at the 46 Daryl Henderson, 22 yards and 14 yards And 4 yards, he gets down to the 1 it's 3rd and 1 and 4th and 1 And they get stopped Credit to the 49ers But again when you have 2 drives And you have 2 chances to get a yard For the, the Rams and you just can't do it This 1st and 10 in mid, uh, At midfield For the 49ers And Littleton Drop for the Rams Drops an interception Wide open interception right. So the Rams had a chance to go up 14-7 3rd and goal and 4th and goal at the 1 They can't do it 49ers get the ball. A pick six would have put the Rams up 14 to seven, and Littleton drops that. So, see what I mean with in these games like like this. After the Littleton drop, it was complete domination. Complete domination for the 49ers. But prior to that, the Rams had an opportunity to 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 change the script on this game and to make it a different game. So, what I when I watch the 49ers play. So I'm I'm impressed with them because of their coaching because they they don't seem to get rattled and they have a great defense and they can run the ball all positives and so when I and what I end up doing every time I watch them play someone I get a little bit more disappointed with with the team that they played because of all their like self-inflicted wounds there were a lot of reasons that the the Rams shot themselves in the foot in this game. You know, we've mentioned a bunch of them already. After that, though, total beatdown for the 49ers. That's what a good team does, right? That's what a well coached team does. They make adjustments, and the Rams have not been making very many adjustments this year. Sean McVay is not I mean, he got thoroughly outcoached in this game by Shanahan. In my obviously, Shanahan has to be uh right now in line for absolutely for coach of the year. I'm so impressed with what he does with this squad. Final score of this game is twenty to seven. And I mean, let, let me say there are versions of this game where the Rams are up a little bigger early, but there are versions of this game that are 45 7, 49ers. They miss opportunities, deep in drives, and they have definitely vaulted and jumped to, you know, we'll see how good, but they're, they are one of the best teams in the league right now, and they are playing as well as anyone right now. Broncos shut out the Titans. And now they're going to make a change Because of that shutout To Tannehill It's funny because the Broncos have already played twice They shut out the Titans 16-0 But then they came back and they got beat up By Kansas City on Thursday night football The Jets with Sammy Darnold With a big win How about that Beating the Cowboys Darnold looked good And one thing that not enough people are discussing Is the Cowboys defense Is really struggling this year this Cowboys defense that has been so good And was thought to be so good They're currently ranked 25th In defensive efficiency And that's being ranked 25th Based on who they've played so far Unbelievable Cake schedule For the Cowboys to start the season So their defense should be a lot better And You know that's that's something that I don't think A lot of people are talking about when they're talking about Some of Dallas' struggles The defensive end the Steelers-Chargers game that was 24-17 and honestly It really wasn't even that close The Chargers did have an opportunity late in that game But the Steelers were beating them up throughout And the Chargers injuries Are just piling up and piling up And piling up and they've, they're becoming too much Now uh, What we're seeing with some of these teams that, that we expected to be better Teams that were good last year uh, even and I'll even throw Kansas City in the mix even though they won um Thursday night Kansas City with the Rams with the Chargers some of the major ma- one one major issue that all of those teams share is their offensive lines are not very good and they're not nearly as good as they were last year and they're not giving them enough time plain and simple and then that Packers Lions game what a horribly officiated game that was that was embarrassing that multiple times There were complete phantom penalties called against Detroit I think there were three when I went back and watched That were just horrible, abysmal calls And that's, that is the difference between winning and losing A lot of these games and a lot of these teams are evenly matched We look at the point spread Some of these games, they're two, three points So when a team loses by two And there were two or three bad calls Those are the difference in the game the Lions got screwed, and this will give us the transition kind of into this weekend because they they have a huge game coming up this week because you look at the Lions now, and the, there's back-to-back weeks now, or the, the week against Kansas City, and and then this week against the Packers where they, they were on the wrong side of a, a lot of calls. And how will Patricia get this team to rally? Can he rally them? Or is this going to be something that they were dwelling on? Are they still talking about it? Or did they say, you know what? Screw this. Let's move on to the next game now. We have to deal with the Minnesota Vikings team coming here to play us in a big division game. Here are the games this week. Cardinals at the Giants. Giants minus three over under. This game is 50 and a half. I I would lean to the Giants in here. Uh, Everything that we're hearing is that the giants are going to be healthier in this game looks like ingram barkley will be back and that enough right there um is to, that's enough right there to make the giants uh, a a three point favorite i'm not going to make this one of my plays but that will be the the side i lean here um I'm, i just always want to mention how i'm i'm impressed more and more each week with kyler murray i'm not afraid to say when i'm wrong on someone um he's better right now than i thought he would Maybe ever be I just didn't think he would succeed And he's already shown he has the ability to move the ball And he's won a couple games Now let's see if he can go on the road And win a game that he's not quite supposed to win And this would be a small upset I'm leaning Giants minus a 3 But it's not going to be one of my uh, 4 plays today I'll I'll end up having 4 plays Second game, Texans at the Colts And this line is minus one. It's moved down from like minus two, minus two and a half. It's down to minus one. This will be one of my four plays this week. Indy is coming off the bye. They are very well coached. And they're getting healthy. Darius Leonard and Gathers look like they're going to be coming back. That's going to give their defense a big, big boost. And if there's going to be a tight divisional game, I'm going to lean towards the better coached football team, which I think is Indy and Frank Reich. And we are going to get lots of Marlon Mack in this game. He's going to be healthier with the week to you know, not get as banged up off the bye. Remember, he had some a lot of small issues early on in the season. Houston offensive line has looked great, the Texans, but they're going to be missing a piece to their offensive line now. They're going to be without Titus Howard. And when your offensive line is rolling they've had back to back games where they have not given up a sack and deshaun watson is 7 and 0 in his career in games where he's had less where he's been sacked less than 2 times it's happened in back to back weeks now you just want to have that offensive line and and the cohesive the cohesion you want them to be The same starters playing together And so any change in the line I think could hurt Houston a little bit this week They're also coming off a big win against uh, KC, both of these teams are actually Coming off a win against KC I'm leaning Indy Minus the one At home, I think they're going to have this team Well scouted Frank Reich did a great job against Deshaun Watson last year. It seemed like each game time they played them, they uh, they did a better and better job. So I'm leaning Indian here. That's going to be one of my four plays this week. Indianapolis Colts minus one against the Texans. Dolphins at the Bills. My uh, Miami is a 17 point underdog in here. Buffalo is a solid team with a good defense. But Buffalo should not be a 17 point favorite against anybody. I'm sorry, they just don't score enough offensively. They they don't. So they could absolutely get a couple defensive scores in here. But I'm staying away from this game. Uh, I could see this game being like 30 to six. I could see this game being like, you know, 20 to six. Um, and at 20 to six, you don't cover. Right. So. Stay away from me in this Buffalo game The over-under is 47 and a half I mean, I'd lean under Just, yeah Not, not, uh As far as the, uh No, excuse me I, I had that written down wrong That's why I was like, what? 47 and a half? That's 40, uh, 41 on the, on the over-under I was like, what? That's, that's way too long My, my mistake writing it, writing it down wrong So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna play over uh, Under 47, Gino Dipshit! How much you <laughs> write that one down wrong? Um, Vikings Lions. This is a game I like this week. Going to be one of the the plays for me. Detroit's coming off those tough losses to Kansas City and to Green Bay. Now they're home against the Vikes. Minnesota isn't as good on the road. Detroit really needs this game. They can't get down to two, three, and one after what feels like has been a great start. So I'm I'm banking on Patricia this year, uh, this week. I'm banking on everything I read about the Detroit coming into the season about the locker room, how it was better, um, how D, uh, DVOA liked them and had them projected higher. This is a huge game for their season, a huge game, and I'm expecting a big performance. From Detroit, Minnesota has been Throwing the ball on bad secondaries And Detroit's defense is a little bit better Than we think they are They're actually an above average defense As far as defensive efficiency is concerned So I'm taking Detroit in here. You can get this game at plus two in some spots. I think it's it's a game that you should actually even just play money line. Uh, if you get the plus two, I think you should take the plus two and the money line, but I think Detroit's going to win this game straight up, so try to find the best money line that you can for Detroit straight up against the Vikes. Raiders at the Packers. This one's down to, to five. Uh, Packers are a five-point favorite in this game. A lot of people liking the Raiders. I'm seeing four and a halfs now all over, and Man, at, at four and a half, I would lean Green Bay. This game I stay away from, though, because we Green Bay is banged up. We don't know who they're going to be throwing the ball to. Uh, it doesn't look like Adams is going to be playing. Allison might also be out and Valdez scaling, so we, we really don't know. Even Graham, they, they could be missing a ton of their pass catchers. It could be the Lazard show. Four and a half seems too short. So if you if you can see, if you get four and a half places, I'd lean that way, but this is not going to be one of my plays. This game scares me a little bit. Over under in this one. Uh I'm seeing 46.5, 47. And this one is actually 46.5, 47, not like the uh the Dolphins Bills game that said the wrong number. Jags minus three and a half at the Bengals. I mean the Jaguars are the better team here right I'm I'm seeing it now up to four In some spots I, I stay away I think the Jaguars win this game pretty easily But here's the thing Keep this in mind With some of the really bad teams And some of the really good teams Like Cincinnati is going to win And play better in one of these games at home Especially I don't think they're going to go 0-16 We're not going to We probably won't have you know they're going to run into the Dolphins I think later on in the year also But Even the really bad teams end up winning a couple Games at home, so these 0 for teams Keep an eye on them, and the teams that are undefeated Like this week, San Francisco And the Patriots Have, you know, what look to be On paper pretty easy games, but One of these weeks, they're they're just not Going to, things just aren't going to be hitting on all cylinders Although, you know When we talk about the the Niners, might have already had one of those games against Pittsburgh. That might have been the game that they played poorly and were supposed to lose, and Pittsburgh couldn't capitalize. So, Rams minus three at Atlanta. I'm seeing a couple two and a halfs, and at two and a half, I would really like the Rams, and even at three, I would still lean towards the Rams. And then you know at three and a half, I'd start to take Atlanta. I just don't know how you can back Atlanta right now. It's just kind of like expecting them to bounce back one of these weeks. Their defense is absolutely pathetic and the rams went all in. You know, they they made a couple trades. They have to win right now in this next year and a half. The rams cannot lose another game. They cannot. Like if you think there are problems for the rams right now, if they lose to this Atlanta team, then shit's really going to hit the fan. 49ers Crazy would you imagine of just like six weeks Ago if somebody told you that the 49ers Were going to be a 10 point favorite on the road You just said huh But they should be I think they're nine and a half I'm seeing Like at under 10 You absolutely take San Francisco I think at over 10 I would lean on the Washington side this won't be One of my plays But how do you like how is Washington going to Move the ball in the San Francisco Defense at all They're pretty pumped they're coming off a big win Last week against the Dolphins but I just don't see how they move the ball At all on this 49er defense What scares me about a game like this Is I could see this game being like If it was you know 26-10 And then Washington gets A late garbage touchdown That doesn't mean anything And then all of a sudden it's 26-17 and you lose That's what scares me about Playing the San Francisco side of this game not that I, I think san francisco is going to lose this game just that it's just high for a team cuz we we don't think of san francisco as an offensive juggernaut it's kind of like the same with the bills game right we don't think of these teams as teams that are going to score 40 points offensively you know they maybe they'll get a defensive score or two and and maybe that's built into this line here maybe that we we might get a pick six or um you know a fumble return with that bad washington offense chargers at the titans Titans are up to minus two and a half. If this got to minus three, I would play the Chargers. I mean, we're talking about Ryan Tannehill here. We know Ryan Tannehill. He's not great. And this Titans team is nothing to write home about. They're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. I just I steer clear of most of their games. The only time I play Tennessee games really is when they're coming off a big win and I'll play against them. Other because I know they're not consistent. Other than that, I never know when they're coming off losses. If this is like they could win this game by 40 and it wouldn't surprise me. But at 3, I would go at plus 3 I'd lean to the Chargers. So if you can wait around and get this at plus 3, I'd lean to the Chargers. Ravens at Seattle this is this is down to plus three in some spots. Like at, at plus three and a half, I would have been more on the Baltimore side. But at plus three, I don't like it as much for Baltimore. What I do like in this game, and it will be one of my four plays, I'm going to play the over in this game. The over under is 48 and a half. I played it at 48 and a half, and if you can, if it goes down to 48, absolutely play some more. But I, I don't want it to go back up to 49, so I still I'm I'm okay with playing some at 48 and a half. These two teams are just really good offenses and not great defenses, right? Like plain and simple, Seattle is the number 3 ranked offense and Baltimore is the number 4 ranked offense in efficiency, and they are the number 18 and 22 ranked defenses. Even one like and this is kind of what I was saying about the Cowboys too. Even when you look at their schedule, right? Baltimore and Seattle, their defenses should be ranked higher. They should be better based on who they've played. Seattle played Cincinnati, New Orleans with the Teddy Bridgewater, um, Arizona, and Pittsburgh. Not great offenses, any of them. And Baltimore played Cincinnati, Miami, Arizona, and Pittsburgh. Not great offenses. These two teams' defenses are bad. I mean, the Browns went up and down on Seattle last week. The Browns could have and should have scored 40-plus points in that game if it weren't for a bad, bad fourth down, like a bad, bad fourth and goal call by Freddie Kitchens and just an unbelievable like goal-line stance there. Like, Seattle should have lost that game to Cleveland. Seattle... Should have lost to the Rams Because they survived a missed field goal In the last play of the game They very easily could have lost their first week of the game uh, Their first game of the year In week 1 to Cincinnati And Seattle got the crap kicked out of them by the Saints They got beat up So I don't think Either of these teams are that good And I don't think either of their te- these teams Defenses are that good I'm playing over Over is going to be my third play in here 48 and a half Saints at Bears. This is up to plus three and a half, and I, like, I really want to make New Orleans a a play at plus three and a half, but there's something that scares me about this game because it just looks a little too easy at plus three and a half. I think Trubisky's coming back. The Bears have a great. Both of these teams have really, really good defenses. I'm worried that one of these games we're going to get just a bad Bridgewater game where he. Where he, a couple turnovers Maybe an interception If New Orleans gets behind They won't be able to run the ball as much We don't know if Kamara is going to be playing or not At 3.5 I'd still take New Orleans But I'm not going to make this game one of my plays Because this one's a little weird to me It scares me a little bit The Philly-Dallas game also I think it's it's pretty right on Eagles are at the Cowboys Cowboys are minus 3 in that game The over-under Is 49 and a half 49, 49 and a half I'm seeing Both these teams need this game, right? I mean, Dallas has been Really, really bad And They've been bad against Anyone with a pulse They just beat up on weak opponents early And everyone was ready to crown them Now, I don't think they're as bad as they've As the, the script has flipped So what makes this game hard is that both of these teams are coming off of, of games where they, on paper, got beat up a little bit. I mean, Dallas was down for a while in that game, and I mean, that was a they were a big, big chalk losing to the Jets. Stay away game for me. I, I'll enjoy watching this game. I I think the Eagles. I, I'd lean towards the Eagles. I I just think overall they're the better team, and Dallas has got a ton of injury issues to deal with. We don't know who's going to be healthy for them And Cooper Would be A huge huge loss So stay away from me in this Eagles-Cowboys game Fourth play Is going to be the Jets To me this is just too high I think this game should be like Patriots Minus 7-8 It's 10 10 you can get the Jets plus ten at home, and a lot of people, like a lot of sharps, I'm, I'm reading and hearing, are liking to play the Jets right now because they think they're just undervalued based on their overall record. When you look a lot of, at a lot of their numbers and a lot of their statistics, they're they're talking about a team that was being quarterbacked by Simeon and Falk, and they had a lot of injuries to deal with. Well, now the Jets have Darnold back, and when you look at the Jets' defense, it's actually ranked. Number 16, and it is a an above average, a positive defense, as far as efficiency is concerned. They lost Mosley in week one, and and they've had to play the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Browns, and the Eagles. I mean, the Patriots with a really good offense. The Cowboys with one of the best offenses, the Eagles. With a fine offense The Browns can move the ball too So they've played A pretty tough schedule And they still have an above average defense Based on that Patriots are a little bit banged up This is a divisional game Same type of thing with you know any of these big spreads? The Patriots could be up by by 16 points here, and the Jets could get a garbage touchdown. But I don't think this game is going to be like that. I think this the Jets team is going to play them feisty and and tight. I think the Patriots will squeak out a win. I think it'll be like a touchdown win for the Pats late, with the the Jets like have an opportunity to drive and tie, and maybe they can't get in. So the Jets will be the play plus the ten. So four plays. This week overall, 21 and 18 against the spread. We were 20 and 12 and then went 0 and 6 last week, and we were able to get back on the winning track with the Thursday night football game with KC. So 21 and 18 against the spread, four games this week. Lions, let's play the Lions money line. Um, If you can get plus two, I think you take the plus two and the money line and play both of those. Colts minus the one. Like the Colts in here. Baltimore, Seattle, over 48 and a half. If that thing gets down to 48, jump all over it also, but if you see the 48 and a halfs, take some of that. And then the Jets, plus the 10. Take the Jets in there, plus the 10. Four plays for me so far this week. Hey, NFL underdogs this year? 55-35 and one against the spread. 40-20 and one on the road. Numbers are close to that, depending on, you know, what numbers you're looking at. They might be off a game or two, you figure that'll that'll change a little bit. Uh, but this week we have a uh, a good a good four pack for you, and we'll try to uh, we'll try to get back into the winning weeks. Didn't like that losing week last week. Yuck! Football fans, and really sports fans in general, there is a new DFS app for prop betting, and it's called Thrive Fantasy. So, if you are someone who likes to wager on prop bets, you'll like this. If you are someone who plays DFS, maybe you play DraftKings or FanDuel, you'll like this. Go check it out right now. Deposit $10 and use the promo code GINO, and they'll give you a $10 bonus. So, you'll have $20 bucks to, to look through to try a couple of contests to see if you like it. I'm playing in these contests each and every week, and I can tell you right now, I actually won a contest last weekend I've already made withdrawals via PayPal. This is a service that I trust. Uh, they do a great job, and it's a lot of fun, and you'll see me in there in the contest. I'm under That's What G Said. So go right now. Download it. Take a look. Thrive Fantasy. Use the promo code GINO. They'll give you a $10 bonus credit right back when you deposit 10 and you'll have 20 to go play around and, uh, and check a couple of the contests out. And let me know, and we'll, we'll play against each other in some contests. We can, uh, we can do some head-to-head matchups. It'll be a, a lot of fun. I enjoy it. You... Select your lineup very similar to how you would in a uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. You know, you're you're going through, you're picking your lineup, and it's instead of the t- salary cap, you're going to pick ten out of their twenty selected prop bets, and you're assigned a point wager for each one. So, if you have any questions, let me know. I can help you with it. I, I enjoy playing it each and every week. That is Thrive Fantasy. .com. Check out the Thrive Fantasy app. So, just some other uh, random NFL tidbits I wanted to uh, to get through. The Rams, they actually had a higher rating in their game last week in as far as DVOA is concerned against the 49ers. Something to, to look into. They were 0 for 15 converting third and four down opportunities, 0 for six in short yardage and San Francisco converted 50% of theirs. So kind of saying that 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 was the difference in the game like a couple plays like that. Um the Packers are ranked very high in DVOA because they've played the third toughest ex- toughest schedule so far. Um that Kansas City Houston game was also another one where Kansas City came out better on the DVOA rankings. Miami is clocking in at one of the worst Teams all time As far as the uh, the Rankings are concerned Even though they're coming off their best game of the season uh, They continue to be Among the worst teams ever on both offense And defense And right now they are Ahead of the 2013 Jacksonville Jags who were the worst team Through 5 games Really really bad There's also a really big imbalance right now In the conferences As far as The AFC and the NFC Right now The NFC Is much more Solid and the AFC is Very top heavy with a lot Of bad teams in it so just something to keep An eye on uh, because the what, What we're seeing is in the wins and losses Is actually it doesn't always Match up like with the with the advanced Numbers and the advanced analytics but It is so far this year when we're seeing Some of these really bad teams in the AFC And they are not they're not really good on paper either Let's get to our uh, final segment We're going to talk a little horse racing You know I'm, I was looking around trying to find At Santa Anita And it, and to be honest folks It was bad uh, At Santa Anita Couldn't find Couldn't find anything And It's It's sad I used to be able to all day long Find some value throughout the day And I just I just couldn't So nothing at Santa Anita unfortunately on Saturday But we do have a couple plays for you uh, Over at Keeneland And The first one is in race number 5 At Keeneland, get your past performances out October the 19th For Saturday, let's go to race number 5 And These two horses actually They kind of have similar profiles uh, Strangely enough in back to back races The 12 Baudette Blizzard Broke well, pressed from the outside um, Was up to contend before Fading and that was at Churchill Downs on September The 14th and that was going Seven furlongs, now you get The cut back to six furlongs with the Outside, I think he can sit a little Bit in here and I'm hoping That's the trip for Baudette Blizzard The number 12 in race Number 5 at Keeneland and In race number 7 Gonna go to The number 8 Wayne O He had a nice start He was right up the challenge for the lead He took uh, back a length to press it Was all in early, he faded That was back in the, the debut On August the 3rd And then on August the 31st He popped the gate, he cleared uh, He's very fast, he just tired at the top of the lane And it's the same type of thing, right Now He gets a cutback from 7 He's raced 7 twice at Saratoga Now he cuts back to six. I'm hoping he has the ability to just sit off the pace a little bit but he's coming out of a a good race with a productive next out winner Wayne O is the other play on Saturday at Keeneland. Two plays on Saturday at Keeneland. Fifth race, number 12 and the seventh race, the number 8 Wayne O Before we go, we have to talk about our friends over at Stable Duel if you did not play in the stable dual contest before, if you're a horse racing fan, uh, go check it out right now. Especially because it's free. So what it what it is is it's like fantasy daily fantasy sports, but it's just for horse racing. So on the Breeders' Cup days, there will be all the Breeders' Cup races, and you will be able to select horses based on a salary cap. So every horse you pick will be assigned a certain number under the salary cap So you can't just pick the favorites in every race All the way down And whoever you can um, Read through the rules And I'm going to select the full lineup And we'll go through all of it Once the entries for the Breeders' Cup are out It's a ton of fun And it's free They're offering $5,000 in prizes on Friday And then 15000 on Breeders' Cup Saturday So right now go to StableDuel.com Download the app And you're going to continue to hear more from me about Stable Duel In the next week and two leading up Uh, Once the entries come out We'll do a full um, segment Where I go through selections Talk about which horses in each race Fit best under the salary cap And we'll do a full segment on it So uh, hopefully You guys want to get involved because it's a lot of fun And anytime there's something for free You might as well take a shot right Free when you can win thousands of dollars back Thanks everyone for listening in Hope you have an awesome weekend And actually we'll be back soon with another episode of That's What G Said We're going to talk about the movie El Camino on Netflix The Breaking Bad movie Uh, We're going to talk about the last couple episodes of Ballers We're going to preview the NBA season Which starts just next week We'll preview the World Series So uh, the, uh, the shows never stop Right here on That's What G Said Joey my friend, close it out